0: Good evening, everybody. I got to mount this microphone on me. It's good to see Cheryl again. And Brand is tired. That mm-hmm. was really meant for Shelly, but I you was know, being facetious. Mm-hmm. I don't do very good with jokes. <laughs> no, do I? Okay. To I heard that. <laughs> that was an academic no. statement, no. wasn't it? I laugh at you a lot. It's her joke. Yeah, I know. She's not gonna joke either. Oh, <laughs> I'm afraid there may be some truth in that. <laughs> anyway, kinda of give y'all up the speed. The Lord is the Lord is really working. For a couple of days I was just really <sighs> I guess, kind of deeply concerned about this this place and the next place and what the owner may do. But that's okay. It has to be left in the hand of God. Good news. I've spoken with several business owners, and like we got, hopefully, several sponsors lined up. And one agreed today uh, that he's going to give a a healthy gift. For me, he's going to send a check tomorrow. What is healthy? Italian. No, he said I'm going to give a huge gift. Whoa. Yay. Dr. Dr. Ahmed. He's always got our back. Dr. Ahmed here? Yes. Dr. Ahmed. He's a buddy. So I, I had a good talk with him again today, and plus, he wanted me to do some advertising for him. But he said that's totally separate than what, what he's going to do. And uh, Javier from El Patio will let me know tomorrow. I spoke with the owner, Ace Hardware, and also True Value, the owners of True Value, the Bennett's, are going to uh, strongly consider. And I'm waiting to hear back from the owner of The Great Outdoors. And uh, she's supposed to be sending stuff out. And I'm waiting to hear back from West Farms over in Archer. Um, And I still got uh, several other business owners that I need to go and talk to and uh, give them a copy of our portfolio that took me a couple of days to put together but that's okay god is good all the time so i i foresee us um here very soon soon and very soon relocating okay yeah to god be the glory i'm sorry i didn't i went throwing that at you now (laughs) all right um Somebody does anyone here can tell us What is the entire purpose? Let me back up. I'm gonna change purpose to theme of the entire Bible What is the entire theme of the entire Bible? Or shall I say what is the theme of the entire Bible? Yes? Did you raise your hand? Yeah. Okay. Let's 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 go for it. Uh, that God loves us, and He sent His Son Jesus to die for us, and that when we receive Him, we can live with Him forever. In heaven. And okay. We were put on earth to praise Him. Did you hook multiple themes in the one? I guess. I didn't know how many sentences you were asking for. <laughs> School? It's no right or wrong. God. Well, maybe there could be wrong with you. What you were saying? And God's grace. God's grace? His glory. His glory? How do you get to heaven? How do you get to heaven? <laughs> you hold that thought. Oh I, I, I'm going to it back on that. Go ahead. God is... Okay, what help hell would that one do? <laughs> Brandy, you <laughs> want to give it a shot? To teach you about God? Teach you about God? Or to educate you to have you believe in something? Emma, you know I'm going to leave you out. Caught you with your mouth full. I think the theme is just God or Jesus. How about both? All right. If I ask you to tell me in 25 words or less about God, could you, Cheryl? 25 words or less? Um, I think I probably could. It might take me a while to figure out 25 words or less to do it in. but I was just being facetious on the number, but if I ask you, I say, OK, Cheryl, who is God? What would you tell me? For me, God is the creator of everything. Um, He has loved us since before we were born. He knew us since before we were born. Uh, He has nothing but good intentions for us as long as we are willing to follow him. He sent his son to die for our sins. Okay. Okay. All right, but do you do you realize what you just described to me? You told me what God does. Hey, Lisa, come on in. And that that is probably what most church folks would do when you ask them, say, "Who is God?" Come on, come on in, Lisa. Yeah. You need to see me. Okay, it's good to see you. Hi. Huh? Okay. The Alpha and the Omega. Alpha and Omega, okay. Omega. And and good. So you you think about this though, because everything that we've been doing these last several weeks in the book of Corinthians, in the book of uh Romans, even the preaching series through Acts, everything that we talk about there. Gives us nothing but majority of description of one person. Who's that one person? Who? No. Jesus. When when we ask someone, can you tell me who God is? What they usually do is tell you what God does, and they omit who God is. Do you know why? Because God has revealed very little information about himself. Enough for us to know he's God. Yes, absolutely. But when you really think about it, what is the entire Bible surrounded? How does the entire sixty-six book surround themselves? They surround themselves around Christ. God set it up that way. Jesus is the one who's going to reveal God to us. We got enough information from him to know that he is. Okay? We got enough information. What did you say, Shelly? What was your answer? I don't remember. Me either. He's a creator. Okay? But isn't that something he. Does I I wanna bring you back thirty five hundred years ago in the southern part of Israel, now today's Israel, in the Sinai Desert, at a mountain. And the theme that we see there is a theme that's laid out by God Himself. Where you have anywhere from a million and a half to three million people standing back, huh? To get to heaven. To get to heaven is what you said. <laughs> okay. At that event, in that Sinai uh, desert, God came down and did what to the children of Israel? What did he say to them? He said, I'm the Lord, your God. Moses did not give these Ten Commandments. As television, the Ten Commandments lead us to believe the show. It was God himself spoke from the mountaintop in the ears of all the Israelites. And probably a few Gentiles attached in there somewhere. So what he did, he came and told Israel, he said, this is who I am. I'm the Lord your God. Well, there's a whole lot of stuff in there to to, to unpack because the entire teaching of Paul is to a people to get them to turn their hearts from serving false gods to serve the one what? True True God. That is the whole intent because Paul going to the Gentiles, those Gentiles didn't know God. Majority of the world, remember when I told you all when God brought Israel out of Egypt? That the entire world was involved in what? Do you remember from Sunday? Cause y'all was entire folk Sunday. Do you recall, Dick? From one of the deacons on the spot now. The entire world was involved in idol worship. The entire nation of Israel, from the seventy that went there by Joseph, father Jacob. Joseph family, they went right into the heart of idol worship in Egypt. The entire world, the rest of the nation did not know the one true God. And Jacob was the last human at this point to talk to God face to face, to have a one on one conversation. The next time that we would see that happen is with Moses at the burning bush. And it was at that burning bush that God revealed his true name to Moses. I am Yahweh. So, what did Jacob them call him then? They plugged in Yahweh. What name Joseph, I mean, Jacob them called him? Unless Moses wrote it accurately. Moses was the one that wrote the first five books of the Bible. So he plugged in God's name there. But I guarantee you, Shelley, Jacob knew he was talking to the one true God. I assure you that. And so did his father, Isaac. And so did Isaac's father, who was who? Who was Isaac's father? Isaac? Abraham. Abraham. I, was, I didn't know you wanted me to answer. <laughs> I, anybody, I was looking for anybody. <clears throat> you recall what Abraham was doing, where he came from? Idol a town that didn't his father make idols? Yes! <laughs> the man came out of out of worship. God called this 75-year-old man out of out of worship. Out of Ur. Out of Ur. He was born in Ur. which called the Chaldeans, which later became the Babylonians. Okay. Which is modern-day Iraq, which expanded further. But but Ur, the city of Ur is in Iraq. When we stopped fighting the Iraqis, we stopped about 80 kilometers from the city of Ur. and We begged them to let us go and visit it. They said, no. You guys are going to push further into enemy territory. We didn't care. But they, they wouldn't let us. Congrats. Yeah, the city Earth. So why am I telling you all this now? Because you have to know the backdrop of why out of worship is so bad. Why Lord Jesus told Israel over and over again. In his first sermon, known as the Sermon on the Mount, I read about it in Matthew chapter five. What do he introduce God back as into the nation of Israel? He said, Your Father in heaven. He had to bring it back to them because the religious leaders had gotten away from who the one true God is to them. And they had the people thinking that God was so remote, so far away from them, that God couldn't be touched. That's not who God is Because if that was true 1500 years earlier, why would he come all the way from heaven on top of a mountain and talk to him? Why would he pick a man to deliver them out of the house of bondage and then if to make it even further more true? Why would he even plug his own son into human in the human race? Why would Jesus at the age of 30 wake up one morning and knowing It's time. It's time now to go and be baptized. Why? Because God was more than a long distance God. He was their father. And he wanted them to know that. That he came down to rescue. Anybody know what the word salvation means? We haven't even gone to our lesson yet. Because you need to understand, put the pieces to the puzzle together. Get the puzzle together and look redeem. at the picture. You say redeem, but not, not accurate enough. Salvation. Redeem. Say it again. Rescue. Right. Redeem means to buy, to buy, okay. to buy back. He rescued. Oftentimes, when you see the word salvation in Scripture, our English version uses the plug in the word rescue. He rescued them. No, He saved them. But it's not necessarily mean for life. It means from a situation, from people. Okay? And sometimes the word for that is used in the context of Hebrew. You wanna know what the word is? It's translated in English as Joshua. He Joshua them, or Yahshua them. Isn't that Jesus' Hebrew name? Yes! Joshua is different than Yeshua. No, no. Joshua is the English version of Yeshua. It's the same. It's the same. Salvation. Save them. Translate Yeshua. Okay? It's called transliteration. All of this, we have to understand the importance that every day humans get themselves in predicaments that we can't get out of. And a lot of it have come from generations where people, not knowing the one true God, have been kept in slavery through ignorance. Let me say that again. Have been kept in slavery through ignorance. The Apostle Paul often would open his letters to these churches with, brother, I would not have you to be ignorant. That's what the King James version said for many hundreds of years, until somebody, some smarter pants, thought to soften the language a little bit and come back and say, uh, brother, we don't want you to be misinformed." Okay. The opposite of knowledge is what? Ignorance. It really is. And do you want to know who one of my first Bible study students were in this place? Raise your hand, Lisa lisa was one of the first people i taught the bible to in this place six years ago the ministry began with lisa as one of the students right here it was six years ago (coughs) ain't that good and so out of worship is such an important thing we're going to pray. We'll pray some for some stuff today, but we're going to continue where Paul left off, where we left out, where Paul was talking about that battlefield of the mind as he's addressing in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, telling you that your battle is not against flesh and blood. You don't fight. When you're fighting with your husband, your spouse, your friend, your neighbor, your colleague at work or whatever, oftentimes, well, you you do fight against flesh and blood sometimes. You see the person, and in, in every now and then you know that, look, oh, you're just a mean nasty person. Okay? And you just want to start a fight with me. You're just being mean. You're just being stupid right now. We come across folks like that, and sometimes we're that way ourselves. But, majority of times in life, a lot of the conflict comes from the spirit world. They push up, they instigate, and they start stuff and humans are totally misinformed about how the spirit world works against them and everything that we've covered so far from the from the preaching last couple series preaching in acts until what we've been studying in corinthians were all about what the spirit world i kid you not you better get your wife a cup of coffee or a pillow And so, when we don't understand how a situation could be so calm, and the next minute, total chaos breaks out. Where did that come from? Let me tell you something. I told you this before. The prince of darkness does not like you. And just like he doesn't like you, he doesn't like God. He hates God with a deep passion. And he hates everything that Jesus stood for. Everything. And because we belong to Jesus, what do you think that's going to make you? Are you going to be popular with the enemy of God? Or are you going to be his enemy? And he loves it, Shelly, when Christians play in his playground. I'm telling you right now, Brandy, every day we play in the devil's playground and and, and 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 he take that stuff It says in revelation chapter 12 starting in verse 10 and he takes that stuff and he runs it back to god And said look what she's doing Look what he's doing And y'all have no idea y'all being indicted Because he's called the accuser of the brother so he does what he accuses us before god day and night without ceasing you go, well, how is that? I, I'm not out there doing anything. Oh, yeah? Okay, let's examine your day. Let's lay the cards on the table right now. What did you do today? Tell me every one of your thoughts, that, as much as you can remember. Let's just lay it out on the table. And let's see where Satan has legal access to you at. I guarantee from the pastor on down to the youngest one that have a mind to understand, if we can take and lay out our day, including our thoughts now, guess what? The enemy will say, that's mine, 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 Very little of that will belong to God. Because we're not used to walking with the Spirit of God so we can be holy all day long. Am I telling the truth, or am I sitting here making myself look pretty like I am? <laughs> now, that was a joke, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Is that true, Deacon? Yeah. Did you play on the devil playground today? Did I? Absolutely. Did I mean to? No. No. Sometimes we do it and all, you know, ah, this is great, Uh uh-huh, yeah. This man spent majority of his life trying to get brand new believers in the Lord Jesus Christ to see exactly how their lives line up with God. The apostle Paul, paid a huge price to make sure that you and I are not left unaware so that we can remain in it so that we would not remain in an ignorant state of belief is this making any sense to anybody yes because that's what we do But when you learn his tactics and you learn how to walk in the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ like Paul does. I did. And he's gone now. Praise be to God who's with the Lord. Oh, you want to talk about you are a fierce force to the enemy of darkness. He was scared when you show up. Just like you said last week, it's your battle is up here. Right up here. But once you learn how to conquer the battlefield up here with the blood of of Jesus, once you learn that, oh, my goodness. Now, what tactics will the enemy use against you now? Because you just took all his control right away from him. Because Jesus told you, he said, I give you power over all the enemy. They did he not say that in Luke chapter, la, 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 chapter 10, starting at verse 18 there? It said, power over who? Serpents? Scorpions? you tread them down, he said. Walk on them. And give you power over all the enemy. But the first thing first in understanding this is you must understand who you are in him. Start giving over to the old man. You don't talk to me like that. I'm getting hot right now. I don't know who they're messing with. Hold up. That's exactly why they're messing with you, because they do know who they're messing with. Okay? But when you realize, well, wait a minute. You're right, Lord Jesus. Devil, bring it on now. Now, he didn't tell you to do that either. That stuff you've been hearing on TV, don't listen to them lies. Don't you go jumping out there in a pool of demons. Cause sometimes God don't put you there. It takes a special fasting and anointing as Lord Jesus said. This kind only come by fasting and prayer. There's some things in the enemy's camp y'all just don't want you to mess with cause you can't handle it yet. Hello, there's some things out there in the Prince of Darkness camp that I don't walk into until I go, now Lord Jesus, no Lord, <laughs> for three days one time Shelly didn't even know I was fasting and praying until finally when I finished it I told him she said I kind of guessed that weren't why because there was a battle raging and I had to get this flesh under subjection so that I can hear from the spirit of God and how to go about handling this battle and I hear the Spirit telling me again, Samuel, it's time again to get back on the fast and back in the prayer closet because stuff is raging. Stuff is raging. But all that said, that was just the introduction. Welcome, Cheryl, to Bible study. Thank you. <laughs> now we can pray. <laughs> Deep, just pray for everybody unless you got something specific on your heart. Uh, again, God bless us with a big donor today for the building mm-hmm. to God be the glory open us in prayer we keep pushing forward in Jesus name Jesus we want to thank you for being here for us um, being here to teach us word to teach us your word through Pastor Sammy um, I want to I want to ask that you bless everybody in this room, just touch them, help them to learn your word, um, and I would ask that you bless Dr. Ahmed, touch him, um, for, for you using him to help us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Before you can do anything, you must know that Jesus Christ is Lord of all creation. You must know the supremacy of God himself. And understanding that there is no God besides him, you must know there are no limitations with God. There are some preachers out there that say that God can't possibly know everything and nor can he be every place at the same time, it's impossible. Well, they they're not serving the God of the Bible. Okay? They got another god. Because of you know, believing like that, that's not Yahweh. Okay? And then that means they've created a false god in their mind. And God's going to get them for that. Did you let it slip? Yeah. Okay, let's unslip it. Now, so Paul tells us in verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but spiritual to the what for what purpose? Pulling down of strongholds. We talked about that last week. Strongholds is like an army base, a fortress that get up in your mind and becomes deep rooted in you. And next thing you know, it's controlling you. You become its slave. And whatever way he, he turns you, you're like a puppet. That you're doing. If it's always cussing somebody out, or always lying, or always cheating on your taxes, or on your spouse, or doing something that's against the will of God, that's what that is. That's a stronghold. But before it becomes a stronghold, it's just a little bit tidbit there. Okay? Like a little bite of information that the enemy plants in your mind. And the moment that you hear that, you can't receive it. you got to cast it down, like you said. you got to get rid of it. How do you get rid of it? By replacing it with the Word of God. That's why it's so important that you learn Bible verses. You learn entire passages of the Scripture, even books of the Bible. Learn them. Folks, it is not impossible for you to learn large chunks of information at one time. Don't let the enemy deceive you like that. Well, I I can't learn the Bible verses like you. You just defeated yourself. Because you took on a a defeated spirit. But the Lord says study to show yourself approved by him. Okay? A workman who rightly divides the word of truth. Meaning, you know what you're talking about. Right there. So that you won't have to be ashamed. Okay? And how many times I hear folks who are not Christians say, Oh, don't the Bible says? And I always come back home and say, If it say that much, why aren't you doing it? <laughs> why are you trying to tell me how to live if you're not? Hello, you know the same information I do. Where, where you stand? Stop trying to live my life for me and you get lined up. They don't like that. So, seeds. Once they're planted, Whether through sensory input, you know what I mean by sensory input? Your eyes, your ears, and what else, right? Whatever else feeds this brain. If it's wrong, get rid of it. And I'm telling you from personal experience, whether it's accidentally touching a woman in the wrong place by bumping up to her in a crowded elevator, that's still sensory input. And enemy will say, mm, don't that feel good? And you go, ah, oh, whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. I know where you're going with that. Uh-uh. No, devil. Or oh, you see a $20 bill laying over there unattended. You go, oh, no, wait a minute. I know where you're going with that, devil. No, no. But in Paul's case, this is not what he's talking about. Even though I just put those things out there, he's talking about casting down things that become a false god in your mind. Things that take the place of God himself right up here. And it becomes a fortress. Oh, so you don't have to go to church on Sunday to worship God? I don't have to be in the church to worship God. I don't have to go to church to get saved. I can read my Bible at home. Yes, and yes, and yes, and yes. Now you got one way ticket because you're on the road to the, of deception. Jesus Christ didn't come back to save a single person. He came to save people, people who are instituted into his body. Okay. It's called the body of Christ for a reason. And as we study what that word body means, Paul in the last book, the last letter he wrote to this church. He says, now the body is made up of many what? Members. Many members. Okay? And he will write to other churches and say, listen, you have to equip the saints. That's with an S on the end, not saint. Equip the saint? No, equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Work of the ministry? What do you mean? If you're home fellowshipping with yourself, how are you doing the work of the ministry? Have you ever tried that? Have you ever stayed home and said, well, I can just stay home and worship God from here? Have you? Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't answer that. I'm just messing with you. But people fall into these Delusions. And they create this God in their minds. And people all of a sudden, they start giving different names to these gods. Like I said, today in our Western world, you won't find statues pretty much erected to a specific type of false gods, but we still have them. We still have those false gods that lure you away from the body. My daughter's on a traveling volleyball team. We can't be in church on Sunday. My son is on a traveling baseball team. A soccer team. We can't be in church on Sunday. Or oh, Wednesday night Bible study because my son or my daughter is and you fill in the blanks. Or I'm not gonna go NASCAR's on Sunday. Do y'all remember when Sunday night football was popular? It still is? I know, because I don't watch it anymore. Jesus? you feel? Okay. That was a time when, when high school coaches would tell kids, okay, we're through a practice at 5 o'clock on Wednesdays. Why? Because we all got to be in church. Now, guess who on the field at 7 o'clock on Wednesday evenings? Them church boys. And the coach tell them, if you ain't here at practice, you are not playing Friday. One of my boys back there, when they're playing football, hello Maurice, testify. Coach said, we're going to be at practice Wednesday. I said, you tell your coach I'm your daddy. <laughs> and my kids are in church on Wednesday. You got a problem with that? Come to church and talk to me. Daddy, they're not going to let me play. Don't let you play, let me know, and I file a lawsuit against them Amen. for discrimination. So the church give up more and more ground to these false gods called sports. Or whatever else activity that we seem necessary. All right? So the battlefield begins here. Fight it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get in the word of God. Learn it. Let it become your fortress. As David was saying in the Psalms, okay? And he's talking to God. He said, you are my fortress and my shield and the horn of my salvation. That's what David said God is. His son Solomon would later write it says, the word of the Lord is like a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they're safe. Isn't there a gospel song like that? Mm-hmm. I knew it. The Lord is a strong tower. Yes. The righteous run into they're And they save. say, yes. I knew it. So, now, Emma, can you pull up putting number a seven to the top, verse seven. He dealt with this thing of the mind. Now he's kind of using a little bit of language here that God used with the second picking of the king of Israel. when he's getting ready to replace Saul as king. He told the prophet Samuel to go to 1 E. Jesse. Go to Jesse's house. And there he said, I will show you whom I have chosen for king. So Samuel goes. He's at Jesse's house. Jesse has seven sons. Group men. The oldest? Yeah. I mean, he's the kind of guy that walked down the street and the girls just fall over. Because oh, he was a bronze. Okay, and so they knew this was the one, and God said, no. Man looks at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. That's what God told Samuel. Nope, I have not chosen this one. And it went down to all seven sons of Jesse that was at the house, and God said, nope, 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 nope. And finally, he ran out of sons. And Samuel said to Jesse, Do you have any more sons here? He goes, Yeah, there's but yet one. And he's Rudy. And he's out tending the sheep. That's the baby boy. What's his name, everybody? David. David. He said, Go get him. What's Rudy? You mean just. You know, Boyish. Boyish. Oh, Boyish. Okay, kid. Said, go get him. They go and get him. Bring him back. God said, that's the one. Anoint him as king over Israel. Can you imagine what his seven big brothers did? They freaked out. (laughs) That their baby brothers now their king. Pointed by God Himself. And guess what, everybody? David was appointed king over Israel before he killed Goliath. Did y'all know that? Yes. So it was the king of Israel that went and slew the giant. Not just David. Our story, we like to say, David, the giant killer. No, David, the king, the giant killer. David, who had the spirit of God in him. Because the moment that Samuel poured the flack of oil over him, the moment God's spirit came upon David, it said. And it did not leave David even at his death. So the Holy Ghost said, we're going to kill a giant today. Let's go. David said, is it not a cause? Is it not a cause? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine talking trash? And he went after him and he killed him anyway so he said do you he said you're looking only on the surface of things if anyone is confident that he belongs to Christ he should consider again that we belong to Christ just as much as he do have you ever heard people saying i know I'm saved but i don't know about you Uh-oh. uh oh uh there's there's a problem with that statement And the problem with that statement is you're only thinking about yourself 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 and you don't think God has saved anybody else But he has Because just as sure the Holy Spirit pull your little butt out of the kingdom of darkness He also pulled someone else out of the kingdom of darkness and just because that person don't walk and live and breathe the same way you do does not mean they don't belong to Jesus. And that's the problem with the Western world. We want every Christian to look alike. And we want them to worship in the same kind of white building with a steeple on top with a cross. And if you're not in that profile, you know how many times people have said, Where's your church? And they're going, you're looking at, where's your church? Where's your church? One little old man kept asking me over and over again, where do you worship at? I said, right here. He said, no, 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 no. Where do you go to church? I go, right here. He never did get. I said, Lord, help me because you told me not to be disrespectful to my elders. I said, help me to be patient with this gentleman. I said, sir, we fellowship and worship God right here. Do you call those people that met down by the river in Paul's day? You say they're not saints because they didn't meet in the synagogue because they didn't have churches then. If the Jews allowed them to meet in the synagogue, they met in the synagogue. Are you aware of that? So if they didn't, guess what? They, went, they even went into people's houses. There were more, more house churches than there were so-called designated building churches. Okay? So don't be judging people just because they don't look like you. But oh, they don't look like a Christian. What does a Christian look like? Tell me, what does one look like? Hmm? Certain haircut, certain hairstyle, like Brandy's? Lord forbid. What do they look like? A big belly like Clinton, like me? What do they look like? Huh? <laughs> no. So, first eight. For even if I boast somewhat freely about the authority the Lord gave us, for building you up rather than pulling you down, I will not be ashamed. I'm on the NIV side. Listen. People accusing Paul of not having an authority. Sometimes people will tell you you don't have an authority as a saint. If God is putting you in a position of leadership in the church, guess what? God has appointed you. Lord Jesus has appointed you with authority from on high. That means the Holy Spirit is backing you. And if you don't believe me, go back to Israel nearly 2,000 years ago and dig up two people. And I want you to ask them a question and see if they will answer you if it's possible. And their name was Ananias and Sapphira ask them that peter have any authority over them do y'all know the story there from acts the people who lied to the holy spirit about the amount of money they sold the land for and peter told the man he said why have you fixed your mouth to lie to the holy ghost he said the men are standing at the door to take your body out boom he fell dead okay now did peter have any authority Yes. about three hours later who came in the man's wife not knowing her husband was dead Peter asked the same question. She lied just like her husband. Peter said, her, oh, the man that took your husband out to bury him or at the door to take care of you out to, boom, she fell dead. And he said, great fear fell upon the church. Now, you think they went to cross Peter? Peter had divine authority from Jesus Christ. And when he spoke, guess what? People fell dead. The Holy Ghost honored it. So don't tell me God's people don't have authority. That's what Paul is saying to these people. Boy, these these folks have gotten beside themselves a little bit. First nine, put it to the top, Emma. Cheryl, jump in here anytime you want to ask some questions. I'm a little bit different than most teachers. I'm a little cuckoo, but that's all right. Okay, so I do not want you to seem to be trying to frighten you with my letters. All right? He's going somewhere with this. He said, I'm not writing a letter to scare you, okay? That is not the purpose of this letter. But there have been accusations made against Apostle Paul. People will make accusations against you. If you're living right and you try to help correct someone, they're going to make accusations against you. Watch for the accusation that they make against Paul. For some say his letters are weighty and forceful, but in person he's unimpressive, and his speaking uh, speaking amounts to nothing. Uh, you talk a big game there, Paul. In your letters, but when you show up, you're wimpy. Ooh. Are they sure they want to be messing with this man with the Holy Spirit of the living God in him who've been commissioned by God and, the Jesus, and Jesus Christ himself? Do you really want to be messing with this man? The man who had just talked to a Philippian girl and told the demon to come out of her, and the demon did. Are they sure they want to mess with this man in which the Holy Ghost allowed to do all kind of amazing things in the presence of men? And they want to be calling him weak. They better guard their tongues. And you know what? The world call you and me as Christians weak. Because we don't exercise the authority that the Lord Jesus Christ has given us. We sing a song often and y'all hear me say it repeatedly. Do you get old hearing it? That's power in the name of Jesus. Is that a joke to some people? Is that a living reality? I've seen time and time and time again, people out on that sidewalk, the Holy Ghost heal them right out there on that sidewalk. I've seen the Lord Jesus Christ heal people of cancer, walking here with nothing with oil. They come back later and say, doctors, I don't have cancer. Was it power in me? Was it my own doing that did it? No. The Lord Jesus Christ himself, the divine power of God and his word. Verse 11, he says, Such people should realize that what we are in our ladders, when we are absent, we will be in our actions when we are present. Hmm you talk trash about someone, be prepared to back it up. Because Paul is saying, if you really want to see how I am? Because you're saying I'm one thing when I write to you and I'm another when I arrive? Hmm. Watch this. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who com- commend themselves When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. Okay, there's a lot of themselves in there, right? In other words, you know people who like to puff themselves up to make themselves look good, make themselves look better than everybody else? Paul said, all you've done is you just built your own ego up, you're nothing. You're not wise at all. You're trying to make other people think you're so much when you're actually nothing. And I see it like that all the time. I stand back sometimes. Go, oh, okay, all right. I know where this is coming from. I really do. Emma, put twelve, put thirteen to the to the top, please. All right. On the New King James side, I'll go way over there. We, however, will not boast beyond measure. What does that mean? We will not boast beyond measure. I don't have to brag to you and tell you what, what I do for the Lord. I don't have to prove myself to you. I don't have to walk, walk around and say, look what I do. Look what I've done. Look what I've done. Or look what I'm doing. I don't have to do that with you. Okay? So we don't have to boast. We don't have to brag about what we're doing. You just look for yourself. But within the limits of the spirit which God appointed us, a spirit which especially includes you, other words, look at the territory in which God has allowed us to come and work. And see the results. See what God has been doing. You judge for yourself and see if God has changed some of you. Because you also are changed from the preaching and teaching of the gospel to you by us you look at your own life and your own life will be a testimony whether or not what we do is real for god okay if you can't do that there's something wrong with you verse 14 for we are not overextending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you for it was to you that we came with the gospel of christ not boasting of the things beyond measure that is in and other men's labor but having hope that as your faith is increased we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our spirit the work of the ministry is for one purpose and one purpose only to show forth the glory of god so that the kingdom of god can grow that's the purpose of preaching and teaching the gospel and god extends that 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 kingdom everywhere his children go every time someone gets saved the, the kingdom expands, it grows, okay? And from there, people are able to see the truth of the gospel. And wherever that kingdom is growing, wherever that spirit is, Paul is saying, a region or location, however, God pushes it out, as people are saved and delivered, and Jesus is saving so Paul said that's where the authority is from God. So if it starts in High Springs and end at the Gulf of Mexico, guess what? That's the spear. That's the region. And if God decided to put it on a boat and take it across the Gulf on down into South America, guess what? That's where the kingdom is. And wherever that kingdom is and wherever God pointed men and women in charge of that, guess what? That's where the authority from God goes. By Jesus himself. So you can try and book the system all you want to. When you start fighting against God's children and the ones whom he has appointed as leaders, you're fighting against Jesus himself. And you're going to be fighting a losing battle. And there are those who still today like to question the leadership of the church. Yes. And so we have to be very careful how we do that very very careful because it's not the man that's up preaching that you're gonna have to answer to or the woman who's preaching or teaching in the classroom that you have to answer to. You will answer to God. And I don't think any of us want to do that. What do you think? Complex ladder? Yes. But a very real letter in Paul's day to the people of Corinth and it's still applicable today in these United States and around the world. Don't mess with God's people who he has planted in place to do the will of his son Jesus. Don't do that because you don't want yourself under the judgment of God for doing that. Don't do that. If we are wrong, guess who we have the answer to? And Paul said, he said, don't you know that teachers come under greater judgment from God? So if we're misleading you. God's going to get us for that. We will not escape it. Jesus Christ will hold us accountable. Okay. Moving around along. Verse 16, Emma, put it to the top, dog. So that we can preach the gospel in the regions beyond you, for we do not want to boast about work already done in another man's territory. I'm not going to go over to Pastor Kyle's church and start doing work where God got him assigned. I'm not going to go to the First Baptist and do work that God got Derek doing. No, I go down to Pastor Byron's at Mount Carmel United Methodist Church. Over here to St. Madeline's where Father Sebastian is. I'm not going to go in those other men areas where God have them working and try to do something that God did not send me to do. My place is to go and work what well, God has assigned me your place is to go where well, God has assigned you to work at. Okay. It's not our responsibility to go and try to undo somebody else's job by trying to go and do it. What better? That is a no, no in God's eyes. Leave that vineyard alone. Leave it alone. We have an old saying in the army. Stay in your own lane. But y'all have no idea what that means, do you? Mm-hmm. Let me give you a clue. Whenever soldiers go out on rifle ranges, they assign a certain lane in which their targets pop up from. And there are boundary lines. Okay, you don't go past this one, you don't go past this one. You have your left and right boundary lines. You fire the targets within that field. And they're clearly, Lane 16, you see the signs, Lane 16, way out there too, Lane 16, or Lane 17. And that can be as many as 50 lanes at one time in operation. Huge rifle ranges. And so we tell you, don't fire over on somebody else's lane. Stay in your own Lane. 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 This way nobody gets hurt. Isn't that a... Yes, ma'am. What if one of them is wrong? <laughs> Somebody could get shot. Oh, you're talking about in the church world? <laughs> There's a difference between going to a brother, sister, in love and correcting an issue than going to just say, oh, no, I can do this better. Okay. There's a big difference. If someone comes to me and tells me of a crucial situation that's going on with another pastor, and I know that information to be true, from the Word of God, it's my responsibility to go and talk okay. in confidence. Just okay. like if I knew something with you, or you know something about me. If you know I'm out there trying to have an affair with Ms. Nelson, And you don't come and knock me upside my listening pole and say, listen, you better get your act right right now, buddy. Because not only are you doing your wife wrong, you're sinning against God. Get it right right now or I'm going to kick your butt. (laughs) (laughs) I expect you all to have enough courage, enough spiritual courage to come and say, hey. And if you have to, bust me out in front of the church. Hey, look. Who were you talking to that was kissing all over you the other day? Uh, because sure wasn't Miss Belinda. If that ever happened and you did that, I would probably die on the spot. <laughs> she will not have to worry about Miss Nelson hitting me. Right. I don't mean you- oh, I, I know. I'm just saying. Just I always like to put myself out there as an example, because there have been times when brothers had come to me or sisters say. You know, well, by the way, a matter of fact, I'll give you an exam- example. This morning at the food bank, I walk in. I'm only there a few minutes. They found out. Oh, Pastor Sam is in the house. Go get him. They they have started a Bible study there in the conference room. So they said, "Come on back. We got some questions we need to ask you." And I'm going, "Uh-oh. What am I being set up for?" <laughs> And they asked some questions, various questions, and one brother wouldn't quit talking and go, whoa, 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 hold hold up. If you want me to answer you, you need to listen. And they asked a couple of different questions, then the question come down to, should women teach men in the church? And I said, okay. Here's what the word of God says. We just found out Well, not just found out didn't part of the preaching series last Sunday said there was a husband and wife team that got kicked out of Italy uh, out of Rome because the emperor had Claudius had expelled all the Jews from Rome. And that husband and wife name was Priscilla and Aquila. Y'all remember those two names? And then later came a brother named Apollos, who was, they said, was very good in the scriptures. But he only knew about the baptism of John. And his husband and wife team took him aside and, and showed him, the scripture says, and showed him a more excellent way. In other words, talk about Jesus and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so he was able to go and preach and teach the gospel more accurately. That's a husband and wife. Did they not both go and teach him? Yes. Paul does not preclude women from teaching the Word of God. He said that a woman should not exercise authority over a man in the church. That's what he's saying. He said because and he laid out the hierarchy. God, Christ, man, woman, in that order. Was he condescending to women? No, that's not what he meant, everybody. And so a few minutes later, one of the ladies from a local church here came out, old Pastor Sam and, and one of the guys went back, oh, she got some beef with you. And other guys come walking behind, yeah. Then you said a woman shouldn't teach a man. She said, "Oh, Pastor, I got a problem with that." I said, "Whoa, whoa, stop!" What did I say? I said, "I explained to you the difference between preaching and teaching, and I also told you that Paul said a woman shouldn't exercise authority over a man in the church." He go, "Yeah, yeah, that's right. You did say that." And she go, "Oh, okay, I understand that." She said, "I accept that." Example of authority, exercising authority, what would be an example? Female pastors. Okay, that's not. That's exercising authority of a man, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, she's the pastor of the church? It was very clear on that. What did she ask? Female pastors. Yeah. Yeah. That's exercising authority of a man, is it not? You're not to do that? Huh? Isn't she not doing what to do. Christ told her? And what God appointed her to? There's no in the scripture where God appointed women as pastors. Yes, it does say it. Paul, Paul is very clear. We can have a whole new study on that one. It may open up a can of worms, but it's okay. Is he talking down on women? No. He's not doing that, people. Let's not look at this thing the wrong way. That's not what he's saying. Okay. When Jesus called and equipped those apostles, there were a lot of women around it, but who did he choose? Just look at the facts. And, but on the day of Pentecost, who was also filled with the Holy Ghost? Both men and equally. And they, were they all receive spiritual gifts that day. Did they all receive spiritual gifts that day from the Holy Spirit? Yes. And if you recall in Acts chapter 7, I think it is, that one of the deacons by the name of Philip was not seven of his daughter. His seven daughters were all prophets. Yes. They spoke the word of God as prophets. Okay? But were either one of them sitting on the Jerusalem council as head of the church? No. So I always tell people, go back and look at the text. Go look at the scriptures Okay, I know we'll probably get some beef over this one. It's okay But I can't change the Word of God I cannot change the Word of God All right So verse seven, sixteen: 16 to preach the gospel and reaches beyond you and not to boast in another man's spirit of accomplishment Verse 17, but he who glories let him glory in the Lord for not he who commends himself is approved but whom the Lord commends. The bottom line is you can go around bragging about what you do if you're boasting in yourself it's wrong if you're going against other people in the ministry it's wrong, especially These people are doing what God has appointed them to do. I'm not saying women can't go around preaching and teaching the gospel and men are there. That's not what I'm saying. Okay? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the one who will commend you. What does command mean? He'll tell you you're doing a good job. You don't have to answer to me. And If God sent you to stand in the gap for, 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 for men in a church that other men won't do if God has called you to do that Then do it because we've seen a case in the, in the time in Israel history By the way, you know before Israel had ju- uh, uh, kings that had judges, right? Are y'all aware of that? A judge was a person appointed by God to lead the nation For a certain period of time and most of the time they served 40 years Samson did for twenty years, but are you aware that Israel had a woman as a judge? Anyone know her name? Deborah. Go read in the book of Judges. Her name is Deborah, and she and she called a man a warrior, named Barak, to come and go and fight against Israel enemies in the north, called the Midianites. Well, I was mixing oranges and apples there. It was Cicero. They were called to fight against Cicero, a Canaanite general who had chariots and things. Barak said, I'm not going to go unless you go with me. And she said, What? Because you have done this. She, She said, I'll go with you. But the victory won't go to you, the victory will go to a woman. Barak did not kill that great. Canaanite general named Sisera. You know who killed him? A woman by the name of JL. He ran into her tent. She said lay down here. She gave him some warm milk. What does that do to him Shelly? He's asleep. And what did she do? Cut up his head. No. close though. She took a tent peg. Every every bit of demeanor she nailed that sucker to the ground. Right through his temple. <laughs> <laughs> While he was sleeping. And she said, hey, the one y'all looking for, because was searching. And they walked in and found him dead. Nailed to the ground by a woman. So see, did God use women? Yes, he did. I'm gold in my hair. Ma'am? Gold in my hair. So, Golden Meir? wasn't she a, pre, a president of Israel? Israel at one time did have a female prime minister, prime minister during the time of Richard Nixon. Yes. And she was the one that made the call when, during the Six-Day War when Egypt and all of them in Syria and Jordan and some of the others had attacked Israel. Egypt attacked from the south, Jordan from the west, Syria from the north. I mean Jordan from the east. I'm sorry. They had Israel surrounded ready to annihilate them And this woman in the middle of the night picked up the phone and called Richard Nixon He said madam Prime Minister What can I do for you? And she told him this is what's happening in Israel right now. Mr. President unless you act We're going to be wiped out. Less than 24 hours, the battle turned in Israel's favor. Some believe that the pilots that was in the Israeli airplane jets were American pilots. I don't know. All I know that God did a wonder and Israel was not destroyed. And I do believe the current Prime Minister was a young soldier then. Oh! Netanyahu was a young officer. I knew he was an officer in the Israeli army and his brother died uh, liberating the hostages that the Ugandas had, had taken when, when um, the terrorists had kidnapped all those Israelis on their plane along with some other nationalities, including Americans, and they flew the plane to Uganda, and they had them in the airport terminal, and they had let all the other people go, but the Israelis, they didn't. And Israel pulled the old trick on them. Got a plane, loaded it up with limousine that looked like the Ugandan president's limousine cake, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they pulled a trick on him, landed the plane as if it was a presidential plane, coming in, rolled out the back, soldiers saluted, they stopped and then one of the soldiers recognized, wait a minute, something's not right. But they, the commander, the commander of those commandos, Israeli commandos that was leading the, the battle was Netanyahu, older brother. And as he was running past the air traffic control tower, the sniper on top of the tower, killed him. He was the only Israeli soldier killed. That's older Yahoo older brother. Mm. And, but they, he was killed, and one other Israeli was killed, a lady that had gotten sick, and they took her to the hospital, and Ida Amin ordered her assassination, and the soldiers killed her in the hospital. But they still got her body and loaded it on board and flew back to Israel. Well, something else. Something else. Anyway, not trying to offend anybody. Just trying to teach correctly. The whole gamut is about of worship. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Still on the same number. Yes. Okay. Call me. How's everybody doing? All right. Am I interrupting? No, come on in. You're going out, Lisa. See you later. Bye bye. Anyway. Don't choke the baby, Clinton. you. Clinton. It's good to see you, brother. You too, buddy. Excuse me, I got a question. Have those sergeant stripes always been on you? No. Oh. Congratulations. That's why I'm all nice now. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. All right, Sergeant Vernon. See you later, buddy. Uh. See? We recognize good things, don't we? <laughs> good job. Yeah. I don't even notice it. Yeah. Anyway. What we're going to be up against now, coming through in chapter 11 and chapter 12, as we go through, not, not tonight, but next week, Paul is getting ready to open a door that show us something about himself that has not been revealed. In chapter 11, he's going to be adamantly accused of not being an apostle. A true apostle because he was not supposedly trained under the apostles in Jerusalem, and that he did not perform any miracles, and that he wasn't taking money for the ministry. So, he's going to be addressing all of this stuff in the next few chapters, and he's going to give you insight into heaven that you haven't seen before. At least the church at that time hadn't. Y'all have heard, heard about it. But he's going to go and he's going to share some very deep stuff. It's going to be interesting. Get a lot of rest so you can hear what the Spirit is saying. Because it's going to be something else. Close in prayer, Shelly. So we'll go home. You know how to pray still, girl. Well, I, I want to thank you for allowing us to be here tonight. Um You find us home safely. Thank you for your word. Thank you for using Pastor Sammy to deliver what you need us to know. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 All right. And as always, we want people to know the truth that there's only salvation found in who? Jesus. Say it again. Don't be bashful. Jesus, Jesus, the son of the living God, who's the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except by Jesus. God bless you all.